Welcome to Scale School, my friends. I'm Dan Bolton, and my purpose here is simple. I wanna help you increase the scalability of your coaching or consulting business so as it gets bigger, life gets better. Here we will be talking everything from getting clients, keeping clients, teams, leadership, but most importantly, making scaling simple and fun again. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you get a ton out of today's episode. What's up beautiful humans? Today, I wanna talk about the 11 reasons why you're not at consistent 100K months yet. Now, if you're just starting out, this video is probably not gonna be as helpful for you, but if you are more established, you're making money, you're getting clients consistently, but you were hitting revenue barriers, 10K a month, 20K a month, 50K a month, maybe you've even hit that seven figure mark once, but you can't keep it consistent. Today's video is for you. I'm gonna be diving into the 11 things that I've seen time and again cripple my over 820 clients that I've worked with from holding them back to hitting that 100K month consistently. Now, in my business and over the last five, and a half years, I've taken four different offers to over 100K a month. My very first business was a done-for-you marketing agency, and we scaled that from zero to 100K a month in nine months. We then went on to launch three different coaching offers, and we scaled all of those to 100K a month and beyond. And while there is no definitive one reason, anyone who's gonna tell you there's only one thing, is lying to you or trying to sell you something, but there are patterns as I've seen happen time and time again. And so today I wanna to share them with you in hopes that one or two stick out to you as maybe the reason that you're being held back and more importantly, the thing that you can change in your business to get to that next level consistency. So let's just dive right in. Here are the 11 reasons that come up time and time again as to why you might not be hitting 100K a month consistently. Number one is you might have massive offer confusion. And maybe you feel clear about all the offers you have, but your market doesn't. What's really interesting is that scaling is counterintuitive. We think the more offers we have, the more opportunities we have for people to pay us money, the easier everything's gonna get. But what I found is it's actually counterintuitive. The more offers you have, the more complexity you create in your business, the more complexity you create, more challenging it is to grow consistently. One of my mentors and friends, Alex Scharfen says, simplicity scales and complexity creates constraint. And if I could boil down my whole growth philosophy for coaches and consultants, it's this, simple scales. And so what's really challenging about having multiple offers, and you might be thinking, but Dan, I have an Ascension ladder. People buy the cheap thing, and then the more expensive thing, and then the more expensive thing, and the more expensive thing. And I would just simply ask you, how's that going? Right, because when I see that happen, oftentimes it's amazing in theory, but in reality, it's not that clean and clear. What happens when we have multiple products is we don't understand that we now have to actually do multiple things for these different products. We have to market them, then we have to sell them, then we have to deliver them. And I don't know about you, but I've found in my business creating one world-class product that actually gets people results is incredibly challenging. And so this idea that we can just have all these different offers at all these different price points, people are just gonna buy and their lives are gonna be changed, they're gonna ascend with us and work with us over the long term, is amazing in kind of this fairy tale fantasy. But in reality, it's so challenging because of the work it takes to create offers that are really easy to sell, simple to deliver, and actually change people's lives. And so in my experience, don't shoot the messenger, I have found that people wanting to get to consistent 100K months only need one high ticket monthly recurring revenue offer. Now we can get into monthly recurring revenue soon, but basically one high ticket offer is all you need to get to 100K a month. Now, 
rules are sometimes made to be broken. We have clients that have two offers and they're at 80K a month and they're gonna crack 100K a month with two offers, that's fantastic. I scaled this year a brand new offer to $95,000 a month in profit and $103,000 in revenue one offer in 86 days. So don't tell me it can't be done. The more offers you create, the more complexity you create, the harder it is to scale. So the reason number one that I see people are held back from consistent 100K months is offer confusion. Number two reason is not wielding your unique edge. Let me ask you if you ever got this question on a sales call. You get to the end of the pitch, you feel like you've absolutely preached your heart out or you've gonna given everything you got and at the end of it the prospect says uh you know this is great and all like how were you different from x competitor and i can't tell you the amount of times i used to get this in 2020 and 2021 even when we we're scaling aggressively this conversation and question always came up and it was because i was not wielding my unique edge now here's what your unique edge isn't it is not about adding 273 widgets to your offer. It's not about the fanciest funnel or saying like, all my competitors are doing this, but I'm now gonna use an AI chatbot or I'm gonna add ChatGPT to what I'm doing. Your unique edge is the thing that cannot be replicated, that cannot be imitated, that cannot be taken from you, which is your story, your values, your vision, and your voice. These things are the things that make you different to your competitors. It is not just about having a fancier funnel or a sexier offer. It is about you wielding the uniqueness of who you are, which is your unique advantage in the market. It's your ability to have people see how you are different. So before they ever consider the offer, they fall in love with you. You become their guy, you become their girl. And this comes from understanding that in the marketplace, you need to be a voice, not an echo. This isn't about imitating other people. This isn't about binging Hormozy videos, pretending to be Alex Becker or Sam Ovens and trying to like do that, or even worse, trying to pretend to be Andrew Tate. Geeks, it's about being uniquely who you are, from the way that you speak, to the things that you share, to how you communicate in your marketing, written, audio, video, all of these things become a part of your unique edge. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I'd say to most people is they're playing it so safe, they come across completely boring right? The market for vanilla ice cream is huge, but it's also saturated, meaning like there are so many companies out there that are trying to dominate that market. Rather than trying to be a better version of vanilla, why don't you try and go crazy and become a pistachio nut? a cookies and cream with some sprinkles on top? In other words, stop trying to be a better version of everything out there and simply be different. Don't try to be the best, be the only. All right, number three is having scattered funnels. Now, when I work with a client and we do an onboarding call or something like that, their business plan of how to get clients looks less like a strategic entrepreneur and more like a conspiracy theorist with a string board of like all of these things that are kind of connected and interconnected and it looks like an absolute mess. And again, the same thing with offers. We believe if we have more funnels, more ways to get clients, that of course, it's gonna lead to better client acquisition. But come back to that idea of simplicity. One of the things you really need to understand is that getting attention is really hard. And trying to get attention on 17 different platforms at once when you haven't even mastered one is one of the quickest ways to lose all the steam and momentum that you're trying to build in the first place. And so it's entirely possible to get to seven figures to get to consistent 100K a month with one funnel. Now, here's what it looks like for us. What we have in our world, what we teach is what we call the community funnel. This is the hub of everything you do. And it could be Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, something like that, where you can create content, both short and long, 
and people can get to know you. Your audience grows through the strength of your content and through organic strategies and paid strategies, but it is the hub. And then from there, when you're looking to get fancy, when the time is right and the energy and capacity is there, you can redistribute on minor platforms, platforms that are not your main channel, not your main community funnel, and you distribute it across. And so we have a community funnel and then we have a content cadence made up of short form to kind of build awareness and long form to build a sense of trust and connection. All of that then naturally moves into a sales conversation. Now, you might be able to get away with having more than one funnel, but I can tell you from experience, the more funnels people typically have under seven figures, the less money they make. There's like a direct correlation between the scatteredness of someone's marketing efforts and the inability to consistently attract clients. And so you might actually be doing the right things. You might just be trying to do them in too many places. And so one of the key pieces of advice I have for people who aspire to hit that million dollar year is simplify. Go from scattered to focused. Go from complex to simple. And when you do that, you can put your finite time and energy of marketing, of content creation, of audience building, into one place and you can flow that into a community funnel and then have a content strategy that builds awareness and trust that then moves people seamlessly into a sales conversation. Number four, and this might be controversial, your mindset might be repelling money. Here's one of the things I understand about money is that you cannot hate both rich people and aspire to be one of them. And so many of us, we've grown up in an upbringing that shaped our money beliefs for better or for worse, right? Maybe you think it's evil, maybe you think it's good, maybe you think it you know, exists to be spent, right? <laughs> or money is hard to get, whatever it is, you have beliefs around money. And one of the things that I've had to do in my journey to learning how to make a lot of money is unlearning a lot of beliefs and relearning better beliefs. Now this sounds really simplistic, but it's important to understand that your mindset actually affects everything you do. Like for example, if you're on a sales call and you say the price of your program, let's say it's $3,000 and your mind is like, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. I don't think this person can afford it. How likely are they going to sense a great level of conviction from you to where they want to actually give you their money and put your, their confidence in you because they feel you're so confident about the transaction, right? That's likely not going to happen because people feel our sense of energy on a call. And so our money mindset, what we believe about money actually shapes how much money we're able to make. And so many of us have the right funnel, have the right offer, have the right strategy, but we have beliefs about money that is actually repelling money from us as opposed to attracting money into our business and into our lives. And one of the things that might sound controversial to you, uh, but it's a true belief for me, is I believe it's my moral obligation to get rich right? Because money is such an incredible tool that when I make more of it and I bring more of it into my life, I trust my intentions that money is not just going to flow to me, it's going to flow through me and I can spend it in amazing ways that benefit the lives of others, that enrich my own family's life and I can give it in ways that is going to help other people who need it. My point being, I have an empowering money belief that makes me want to make as much money as I possibly can. My question to you is, do you have a belief like that? Because the fourth reason why you might not be at consistent 100K months is because your mindset is actually repelling money rather than attracting it into your world. Number five, really simple. You might be stuck under 100K a month because you're stuck managing time and not energy. So here's the truth for me is that I haven't thought about productivity in 
years. This whole idea that I've got 15 minutes spare and I'm trying to maximize it and I've got a timer on my computer that's counting down and I'm trying to maximize every minute of the day, that was 100% what I tried to do at the beginning of my business journey. I had endless tasks and somehow that task list only grew in size by the end of the day. But I was trying to maximize every minute of being awake, of being alive. I was trying to squeeze as much juice out of you know time as I possibly could. And one of the things I've realized about really rich people, successful people, scaling entrepreneurs, is that they focus on managing energy and not time. So let me kind of break down a couple of key pieces to this. When you look at your week, is it scattered? Is there a sales call that flows into a coaching call, that flows into admin, that flows into creating content, that flows into another sales call, that flows into following up with prospects? Or is it more strategic where you understand there are ebbs and flows of energy in your days and weeks and you need to capitalize on them? Like, let me give you a really obvious, simple example. Right now, I'm in the studio. Today, the studio and creating content is the only thing I'm doing. I'm not gonna go from this and 10 minutes from now, jump on a client call and then do some admin. I am here, which means my energy today is solely being given to this. And so the number one thing that you need to do to make sure that you're working on the right things that will actually get you to consistent 100K a month is number one, identify what are your highest revenue generating activities. So you really get clear on the parts of your business that you shouldn't be working on, and we'll talk more about delegating soon, and then really get clear on the parts that you should be working on, and then those things, making sure that you're giving them your best energy. Like for example, you might know you need to be creating more content. Chances are, if you put your content creation at a 3 p.m. on a Friday, you're probably not gonna create very good content, and you might not even create any content at all because you get to that and your energy is low. And so structuring your days and weeks in such a way that you can capitalize on the ebbs and flows of energy and make sure that you're focusing that energy on the best and highest revenue generating activities will ensure that you're actually moving the needle and working on the stuff that matters most. In business, we call these the small hinges that swing big doors. Your job is to figure out what those are and then give your best energies to those things and ignore most everything else. All right, so let's talk about hiring. This is number six, the sixth reason why you're not being at 100K a month consistently, is you might need to hire faster. Now, here's what this doesn't mean. You should hire stupidly. How most people think about hiring is they go through a hard week or a hard month of a lot of stuff going on, or maybe they're just sick of being in the DMs or sick of taking sales calls and they impulsively hire without much thought. I've done that and I had a team of 13 people and I would say looking at that team, probably about six or seven of them were not necessary for the business. But my smart ass, right, actually built out this team with no intention and was more just out of like erratic emotion. Oh my gosh, we should have like more coaches. Let's hire a bigger sales team because we're trying to scale, right? And one of the key things that I've realized is that firstly, hiring is so important. There are certain things in your business you shouldn't be doing that should be delegated to someone else to free you up to do what only you can do. But what this doesn't mean is you should have this big bloated team, especially if you're trying to get to 100K a month because you don't need it. Here are some of the things that I think about when it comes to hiring. So number one, it's determining your ideal hourly rate. Now, I'm not talking about some insane aspirational number where you're making $10,000 a month, but you try and value your time at $2,000 an hour. But I'm saying like roughly, where do you think your time is worth, right? Let's say it's $50 an hour. Everything under $50 an hour, more or less, should be delegated to someone else. This goes for personally and professionally. I'll give you an example. When I first got into business, 
the first hire that I made at our house was a lawn mower man, right? This guy was getting paid $30 a month to come and cut our lawns once a month. I didn't have a lawnmower at the time. And so the idea and the reality when I did it the one time of going to the friend's house, picking up the lawnmower, going to buy the petrol, going and mowing the lawns, getting rid of the glass, grass clippings, all of that. When I worked out the time to kind of money ratio, it made no sense. And that's an obvious example of a not so obvious problem that we have trouble letting go of things in business and in life. But the moment you can afford to get rid of some of the things that make no sense for you doing, whether you don't love it or it's not worth your time, you should get someone else to do it. So hire number one, if you've never made this hire, is a virtual assistant. Like I have a absolute savage Maria who's based out of the Philippines and she's been my right hand woman for three and a half years. She makes my life so much easier. If I didn't have her, I would be stuck doing all of these things that I'm not good at, that I don't enjoy. But because I have her on my team, I can delegate all of these things that now get done seamlessly without me having to stress. It's a no brainer. But some of you are stuck in the weeds on all these different things and you're wondering why you're not growing. It's because you're doing stupid crap right? Find a good team of people that can fill in where you're weak and where you don't enjoy things and build it slowly from there. So my team right now at seven figures in profit is a virtual assistant, a client content support person that kind of helps me put together cheat sheets for clients and things like that. And then a content manager that is sitting over there right now, probably checking his Facebook. No. Um, and those are the team of three. Now I could hire more people. It would just make no sense because there's not really that much more to do. Cause when you have a simple business model, you can cut away most of the nonsense, but I cannot tell you how important it is for some of you to understand that you might not be one funnel away from seven figures, but you might be one hire away. So it's very important that you understand how crucial it is to get the right people in the right seats and have you focusing on what only you can do. Number seven, and this sounds simple, but hear me out, is you might not be hitting 100K a month consistently because you don't love your current model. Here is like my perspective that might be wrong, but in my experience, I've seen it play out time and time again, is if you don't love what you do, you still might have success, right? You might have a great month here and there. You know, unhappy people make money all the time. But if you don't love what you do, you will not be able to grow it consistently and sustain that growth because of one simple truth. Humans have an aversion to pain. And so this idea that you can hate your business now at 20K a month, but that it's magically gonna feel way better at 50 is a lie that your subconscious mind does not believe. And so because humans do not grow into pain, you are self-sabotaging because you have an offer that you don't like or you're working with people you don't enjoy with or the way that your marketing and selling isn't aligned to who you are. And so this idea that you can just magically grow out of it is a lie that is holding you back from actually growing. And so one of the most important things that you could do is look at your business and really figure out what is in alignment and what isn't. I'll walk you through a quick equation right now. So we have something called the alignment equation that we talk about in my world. It's four areas that you can ask yourself to figure out what part of my business is out of alignment or in alignment. In other words, what are the parts that are causing me pain that if I don't solve this, I won't be able to grow from it, okay? So number one, you need to be passionate about the people that you work with. So if you think about your target audience, your dream client that you're actively trying to attract, zero being completely uninspired and 10 being completely inspired to work with them and excited, zero through 10, where do you sit with that? Is it a seven? Is it a 10? Is it a one? I can tell you really, really strongly that the likelihood of you growing with a one out of 10 prospect 
right, is very, very low, but everything gets easier when you love who you work with. Number two, zero through 10, zero being uninspired, 10 being excited, inspired, motivated. How do you feel about the problem that you're promising to solve? So for me, I remember a specific instance last year when I was really having to get clearer on the problems that I was solving. And there were certain problems in my business that I loved solving. It was just about kind of getting people sales calls and getting people more leads. And I knew in order to kind of go into this next version of Dan, this next version of the business, I had to get excited again about the problems I was solving, which meant I had to kind of broaden some of those problems. So instead of just talking about leads all day, which was honestly making me go a bit crazy, not only because I was sick of talking about it, but because that's not what everyone needs, even though they think they need it. Um, we started talking about recurring revenue, profit, simplifying your model, firing team members that shouldn't be on your team, all that kind of stuff, those types of problems. Point being, if you're not excited about the problem you're solving, you will stay stuck. Number three, how do you feel zero through 10 about the dream outcome you're promising? Now, this is twofold. Number one, does it feel exciting to you as terms of like the transformation you're helping people achieve, right? If there's a vacation, we're getting people on a plane, are you excited about where you're taking them? But number two, does it feel congruent for you to make that promise? I cannot tell you how many people have never actually achieved or helped anyone else achieve the very thing they're promising. And so you're on a sales call and you're saying, yes, Mr. Prospect, I will help you lose 90 pounds in 90 days. You've never done it. You've never helped anyone else do it, but it sounds like a sexy marketing hook. And so here you are promising that on a call. Your level of conviction is exactly zero because you have no confidence in your ability to do it. But you think if you can fake your way through the sales call, then hopefully that prospect is gonna be dumb enough to say yes. This is also true in the business coaching space, right? You're at 10K a month, you're promising people to get to seven figures, right? The issue is not in the framing of the words and the language. It's not that 100K a month is a bad goal. A bad goal is one that is incongruent with your confidence and ability to actually look someone in the eye and say with confidence, I can help you get to where you want to go. And if you have that lack of congruency, I promise you right now, that's one of the biggest reasons why you are stuck where you are is because you're not aligned with the dream outcome you're promising. Number four is really looking at the process to take someone from where they are to where they want to get to. You might be looking at your model and it might be a done for you agency and you might love the person you work with, the problem you solve, the dream outcome you promise, but you freaking hate Facebook ads with a passion, or you hate video editing, or whatever it might be. Maybe you're stuck in a terrible one-to-one -one model. Now, I'm a huge advocate for one-to-one -one mentorship, but if it's structured poorly, that process is not gonna work. It's gonna suck the life out of your soul. So number four, you need to get aligned with the process of how you transform people. So this comes back to this big point that I'm really trying to get you to understand is that if you're not at 100K a month yet, one of the biggest reasons is you might just not love your business enough to want to grow it. And your subconscious knows if you grow your business, or your consciousness, right? You grow your business, it's gonna be more pain than pleasure, and so you're simply not willing to do it, and so you self-sabotage yourself every step of the way. So number seven is you have to learn to love your model. Number eight is money isn't your core driver. Right, I have this conversation all the time. I ask entrepreneurs their goals, and they throw out always the most beautiful round numbers. They're like, I'm at 5,700 a month, or whatever it is, and you're like, fantastic. What's your 12-month goal? What do you think most people say, right? <laughs> it's gonna be a round number, $50,000 a month, or more often than not, it is the magical 100K a month, and that's probably the reason why many of you are watching this video, is because it's this lovely, sexy number. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna 
get the award from ClickFunnels and Two Comic Club Award. I'm gonna get on stage, I'm gonna shake Russell Brunson's hand, I'm gonna get the photo, I'm gonna get the internet clout, I'm gonna feel amazing. The problem is, you don't actually care about money that much. Now you might wanna make more money, but this whole idea that you're gonna run through walls and push through barriers and experience all of the hardship of entrepreneurship just to get to this random number that you pulled out of thin air, it's likely not gonna happen. And so this is where I challenge you to go a layer deeper. Some people are purely motivated by money. And if that's you, congratulations, that's not me. That's probably not a lot of people watching this video. But if you are not, you need to go a layer deeper and really ask yourself, how will growing my business change my life? So one of the, my favorite things to do when it comes to money goals is firstly getting really clear on what level of money you need to make to drastically change your life. So let's erase the goal for a second and let's say you're at $10,000 a month. Rather than just pulling some number out of the air, I want you to ask yourself, what would your ideal life cost you? So 12 months from now, you're living your ideal life. You can buy what you want, stay where you want, fly how you want, eat what you want. How much does that roughly cost per month? Now, you might be saying, well, Dan, I want to make more money. I want to invest. I want to save. Fantastic. Lump those numbers in there. But what I'm saying is land on a number that is a true reflection of the things you actually want rather than some random number given to you by some dude on the internet. And when you look at that number, you should feel an emotion. You should feel excited. You should feel invigorated. You should feel ready to confront the challenges of entrepreneurship, to confront the interpersonal demons that are holding you back from becoming the person that needs to run this business. But that only happens by you getting crystal clear on not just your goals, but why you want them in the first place. And my challenge to you is maybe even after watching this video to kill the dream of 100K a month or whatever your number is, and instead to pick up a new number that actually means something to you, that's reflective of a real world change that you want to experience in your life, where you can look at yourself in the mirror and you can think about this goal and you understand how it, your life is going to be different, how your loved one's lives are going to be different, how what you're going to experience is going to make your dreams come true as opposed to just staring at a number with no emotion and then wondering why you're not achieving it. Number nine, reason why you might not be at consistent 100K months yet, and this is one of my favorites, is you are likely starting your business close to zero every month. Everything changed for me when I focused on recurring revenue in our business. Now, let me clarify, recurring revenue is not payment plans. If someone you know signs up for a $3,000 program and they're doing a split pay of two payments of 1,500, that's not the recurring revenue I'm talking about. I'm talking about consistent, predictable, bet your butt on it, this is gonna come in in the next month. When I started my agency, that was what our whole world was built on. We were charging $3,000 a month and $4,000 a month and $5,000 a month. And that was consistent and predictable. And the longer I was in the agency, I knew that on average, clients were gonna stay with me for around nine months, even though the contract was only three. And so I knew roughly we had about a nine month runway with most clients. Now again, not everything is consistent, but I knew with this level of certainty that I was at $100,000 a month, I was not about to dip to 20 in 30 or 60 days, right? And when I started the coaching business, I didn't know how to integrate this lesson. So we had a $5,000 offer and people were paying it up front or paying it across split pays. But basically I had to go out and hunt every month. And so if I wanted to go and get to 50K a month, I had to sell like 10 deals, right? And then if I wanted to get to 100K a month, I had to sell 20 deals. And this is how most people's businesses are built. The magic came when I realized I could learn to keep people for a really long time. And so last year in our business, I actually turned off marketing and sales for seven months, completely off. No posting, no ads, no setters, no closes, no calls, 
no new clients for seven months. And what happened was I changed my perspective. We've all read the purple offer Bible where it talks about how to make an offer so good. You feel stupid saying no. My question that I asked myself last year was, how do we create an offer so good people would feel stupid to leave? So as opposed to obsessing over acquisition, I obsessed over retention. And instead of someone getting to the end of their 16 weeks and them saying bye and me having to go find a new client, I simply found ways to continue to work with those people over the long term within just one offer. So not upselling, downselling, cross-selling, literally extending the value of my offer so that I could continue to work with people not just for months, but for years. However you choose to structure your recurring revenue, I really want to implore you to build a business where you're not having to go hunt just to pay the bills every month. There is a level of freedom, I cannot even express to you how good it feels, that when you wake up on the first of every month and you know all your bills are paid this month and you're going to make a massive profit without having to make one more sale, business feels so different. The stress is lifted, the joy is back, so I implore you to figure out how to not start close to zero every month, but build a strong foundation of customers that pay you and keep paying you for years to come. Second and last point, number 10, you're not charging what you're worth. I've got terrible advice around pricing over the years. I remember having a mentor who I will not name, but you would know, um, where I was charging $10,000 at the time. And that's a lot of money, right, for anyone. And that was certainly a lot of money to be asking for the program. And yet we had happy paying customers and it was great. And he was like, dude, you're undercharging. You should charge 16 grand. And I was like, right. So like, how do we do that? How do we change that? And he's like, okay, so it's really, really complicated. So just take notes on this. On the sales call, when you would normally say it's $10,000, just say it's $16,000. I was like, oh, great. I'm overcomplicating it. And then we like got that in the sales team and like we made no sales. Right. And the reason was is because my confidence wasn't there and their confidence wasn't there that our program is actually worth 16,000. But here's what's really important is that there is three parts to how pricing works to really figure out how to charge what you're worth. Number one is figuring out the ROI. Now, this is kind of an arbitrary number, but I have always liked this equation to at least display the price to value discrepancy. Right. You should be able to charge something that is worth a tenth of the value that they get. Right. So if you're going to help them make one hundred thousand dollars. Right. That's the program promise. Then charging ten thousand dollars is really reasonable. Now, are we sitting here counting pennies and dimes trying to figure out if that's completely accurate? No. The principle is whatever you're charging, the return should be outsized. That's ROI. Number two is COI, cost of inaction. You really wanna be understanding if this person does not join with you today and they stay where you are, what are they missing out on? What is the cost to them of their inaction, of them not moving forward? What is the cost to them financially, physically, mentally, emotionally? They stay in the same place. How is life gonna get worse? All of those types of things come into how you price it. And so there are some things where people might not get an ROI today, but simply by not having a cost of inaction, meaning like think about investments, for example, right? You invest with a hedge fund manager, payoff today is I now no longer have to think about my money. Someone else is managing that. Now that that's the getting rid of the cost of inaction, no more stress. The ROI is gonna be seen over years and sometimes even decades, but because the COI has been articulated to the person, hey, you don't have to worry about your money, that is now my job, people are willing to pay. Now, the third piece is really important. It's your level of conviction and confidence in your product. And so I am not arbitrarily telling you to charge more money. I'm telling you to charge what it's worth or what you're worth. And what's really important to understand about this is if you don't have the confidence to charge more, 
then get better. It's not super complicated. If you don't have a very good product, you can't just arbitrarily raise your price and then wonder why it's not converting. You cannot outpace your confidence when it comes to what you charge. But what you can do is increase your confidence so you can increase your prices. And when you do that, you can make more money and you have happy paying customers because they're paying what it's worth, right? Not undercharging, not overcharging, but they feel like they're getting a very good and fair deal. And I can't tell you uh, how much better our business got when we actually increased the value of our program and we actually got better at the ROI and the COI. We went from charging 5,000 to 6,000 to 8,000 to 10,000 to 12,000. And the crazy thing was my costs did not increase with that. That was almost all profit because we were simply getting better at articulating the return on investment, the cost of an action and creating a world-class program. Number 11 is maybe the most vital one of all, because if you figure this one out, maybe all of the rest of them become irrelevant because you will find your way on your own. Number 11 reason why you might not be at 100K a month consistently just yet is because right now you are a project jumper, not a problem solver. One of the most common experiences I have of working with entrepreneurs is this entrepreneurial ADD that we all experience. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Even $8 million later for me, I still experience this. I have amazing ideas. I second guess what I'm doing. I think about all the different things I could be doing differently and better and all that kind of stuff. But this is the number one thing that takes most people out is that they cannot stay consistent with any of this stuff. So let's say you look at this list that I've created here for you today and you go, okay, I'm going to simplify my offers. And then you simplify everything. You go, Dan is right. One offer to 100K a month. And then 30 days later, you watch a video about how someone is talking about how you can make money doing low ticket offers. And now all of a sudden, you're jumping projects, right? Rather than living in such a way that you're simply solving problems. And most of the mistakes that I've ever made in business could have been solved by me first asking myself, what problem am I trying to solve? And when you ask yourself that, all of a sudden you go, actually, I don't know why I was going to hire that person. It just felt good. I met them in an event. There's synergy. There's energy. It just felt great. Or now I'm not going to launch this offer because actually it makes no sense. But it sounds exciting. And the person got me hyped up. But actually it's not solving a problem for me in my business. And when you can be ruthlessly focused, and I'm not saying like ignoring things that you want to do for fun. I think there's plenty of room in business that... Can, you can just do it because you want to do it, but you need to be honest with yourself. You need to go, hey, this might not work. This might not make me more money, but I'm doing it simply for the joy of doing it. If you're okay with that, 100% go and do that. It's amazing. I'm cheering you on. But for many of us who are trying to grow our business and go from one level to the next, you would get there much faster when you stop jumping from project to project to project and from idea to idea to idea and you simply stop and you identify the next problem to solve, and then you create a game plan, you create a hypothesis, you become a scientist, you figure out what you need to do to solve the problem, you apply the pressure, you do the work, you solve the problem, and then you identify the next problem to solve. And when you do that, you become amazingly efficient at growing your business. All of a sudden, marketing gets easier, sales gets easier, delivery gets easier, because you are now no longer an entrepreneur who is subject to the ebbs and flows of your ADD, but instead you're strategic, you're intentional, you're conscious in your decision-making. So 
I would love to know out of the 11, what resonated with you most. Um, this has just been my experience in working with 820 clients and making $8 million online, that there aren't just one reason or two reasons, there's a patterns and these are the 11 main reasons that I've identified as being the things that hold a lot of people back. I would love to know if you found this helpful and what one resonated with you most and I'll catch you in another video. Thanks for listening to another episode of Scale School. I hope you found something valuable in today's episode. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that so you can be notified every time we drop future episodes. And if you and I have not already connected, feel free to track me down on any one of the social media platforms. My big head and smiling face are no doubt gonna be there. And you can just search my name, Dan Bolton, and we can connect there. But thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you in a future episode.